0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I don't know why it took me so long to get my butt on the screen here, but here we go. It's Fantasy NBA Today. It's our recap and look-ahead show for Wednesday morning, December the 6th, 2023. I am Dan Vespers. Thanks, as always, everybody, for hanging out with us, spending a little chunk of your day on what I imagine will be a uh, moderately paced and length program as we roll back-to-back. Hopefully you guys had a chance to check out our Buy Low show from yesterday morning and our Sell High show that just wrapped up about 20 minutes ago here uh, on all of our channels. YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, whatever else. Magical places also exist in the universe. As far as today goes... We finally have games again. It's an 11-game Wednesday, and I admit I was kind of screwing up the math a little. because I was like, oh, yeah, there's going to be like 12, 13 games. That- no, 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 because anybody that played Monday or Tuesday does not play tonight. They play Friday. Anybody that plays tomorrow, Thursday, already played Monday or Tuesday, and they're done for the week. Fantasy-wise, there's still the finals... In Vegas over the weekend, but that one is not a fantasy game. So remember, the fantasy week is over on Friday. Today is uh, sort of like a maybe overload day, and that was the thing that I got a little bit stuck on in my analysis, which is basically like, there are going to be a lot of teams that are not full of roster today. If you have someone on your club that's playing tomorrow, don't drop them today, because the guy's going tomorrow especially the streamers are going to be sort of few and far between, and everybody's going to be trying to grab the same three or four guys, uh, Lakers, Pacers, Pelicans, and Bucks, all going tomorrow. So if you've got a streamer-level guy on one of those teams, you you kind of have to hang on. But if you have anybody from one of the teams that lost Monday or Tuesday, they are very much a drop, because you will likely be overloaded on Friday. Friday's a 13-game card, You'll probably have an opportunity to roll a full lineup out there. So, anybody that played Monday or Tuesday that lost, drop them for a streamer today to make sure your lineup's full. Or if you can pick up someone that's playing tomorrow, if you say if you have a full lineup today or you're very close to one, that could also work. But there's absolutely, there's almost no reason at all to hang on to a fringe level player that lost in the uh, IST quarterfinals round. Wanted to get that off my chest before we start talking about what happened yesterday and what's coming up tonight. Again, thanks as always for hanging out with us, everybody. Find me over on social at Dan Besperus. This is a sports ethos presentation. You can see their logos all over everything we do here, as it should be. Uh, Sports ethos is like six or seven years old now, which seems kind of insane. How the heck did that happen? Still growing, still having a good old time opportunity for me to tell all of you that watch this show if you guys think you can handle being an analyst sports ethos is always looking for new folks that want to kind of break into the industry hit me up reach out on twitter or here in the youtube live chat if you're watching with us as it's going after the fact youtube commenters that's fine i'm really trying to get in there and answer all youtube comments not quickly but eventually and uh, so we can we can have some fun all right, enough about streaming for this week. Let's get well, we'll probably talk more about it in a minute. But let's get straight into the short two-game card yesterday. There's very, very little to cover from yesterday. Couple of key points. Knicks lost in Milwaukee got blown out despite Julius Randle going for 41 points on only 19 shots. And remember, this is this was a hard one for me. Julius Randle was on my buy low board last week. He was the buy low, one of the buy low names on uh the week 6 episode. That was last Tuesday. I think that one came out. He was ranked outside the top 200. I was like, look, I don't like Julius Randall's fantasy game as much as the next guy, but he ain't going to be this bad all season long. And sure enough, since then, he's been wonderful. He's moved up from 218 to 164 in a week. Uh, and then this ball game did a whole lot to f- help semi fix his free his uh, field goal percent. Now we gotta get the free the free throw number a little bit higher. And hopefully everything will kind of balance out for him. He's probably a sell high now after this giant ball game, but that's you're kind of threading a needle if you bought low a week ago and you're trying to sell high today. Just understand that the the full Julius Randle experience will be somewhere in between. Josh Hart had uh, a pretty good fantasy game by all accounts, with three steals, kind of floating things for him, but only 26 minutes because R.J. Barrett played better, at least for stretches in this ball game. It was a blowout, and we've seen Josh Hart's minutes fluctuate weirdly in blowout games, so I I don't know the exact uh, situation there. He might have seen another two or three minutes at the end of the ballgame. Still, it's hard for me to call him a full rest-of-season play when his minutes are this dynamic, fluid, insecure. So I'd rather use Josh Hart as a streamer for now, which, you know... That appeal kind of wears off with them losing this ball game. Um If you want to hang on to him sort of indefinitely, you can. Every time I try to quit him, then he gets minutes for two or three games in a row. He's not playable in a 9-cat Roto League right now because you just don't know what which... Are you going to get the 25-26 minute iteration or are you going to get the 31-minute iteration of hard? And There's a pretty big gap in between those two. Head-to-head, he's playable in a good situation because, you know, 25, 26 minutes is actually still enough for him to do something. Like a four-game week for Josh Hart right now would be playable in a head-to-head weekly format. So that's... <coughs> that cough snuck up on me. So he's falls somewhere in between those two, and that's why he he's sitting on a little bit of a razor's edge. Remember how earlier this year I was like, yeah, I don't think Emmanuel Quickly is actually a, a 12-team play unless Jalen Brunson gets hurt, and a bunch of people were like, no, 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 you need to get the points out of him. Well, yeah, I think you guys get it at this point. we don't need to beat a dead horse there. Milwaukee is a very easy team to handicap right now. Bobby Portis, he did block two shots in this game, which is kind of weird for him, but overall, he's uh, streamer level. He has not cleared that. I thought there was a good chance he could when Jay Crowder went down, and... It looked like he might for about a week-ish, but he's fallen off the end of the map again. And it's mostly because his fantasy game is not all that well-rounded. He mostly scores and rebounds, and so if he doesn't do those for a game, he's becomes kind of a goose egg. Chris Middleton got up to 26 minutes, for whatever that's worth. I still think he's going to be one of the most annoying players to roster in fantasy all season long. Every time there's any little nagging thing, they're going to dial him back down to 20 Two twenty-three 23 minutes of ball game is he a buy low uh, technically yeah but uh, that doesn't mean you have to and frankly i think i'd rather just not deal continue by the way to not deal with chris middleton because i drafted him in zero places i told you guys he was going to be a huge headache this year don't risk it i know it felt like oh if i can get him at 90 100 he could no Here's the thing about fantasy sports, and I don't want to spend too much time on this little philosophical non sequitur, but you don't have to try to get every value you think you see. So you know how I was like, look, if you guys want to pick up Miles Bridges, he's probably going to have fantasy value. Go ahead. I'm just not doing it. I feel confident and I can win my league without him. And I'm in uh, eight Yahoo Cash leagues And then, you know, a smattering of non-Yahoo leagues. Yahoo or Yahoo, it doesn't matter. Uh, Three of those are head-to-head. God help me, I hate them all. One of them is a keeper league, so that one doesn't really apply. And the other four are roto-redraft. I don't have any Miles Bridges' on any of those teams, and the four roto-redraft teams are ranked first, first, second, and first, as I look down the page. So you can win without going and trying to snatch every value this isn't even about bridges this is about middleton who i get it if you were if he was on the board at 100 you're like oh this is chris middleton like i got to take him at 100 you don't you don't have to do anything even if a guy falls way farther than you think he should if you know in your heart of hearts that someone's going to be a huge headache or a pain or someone you just don't even want to root for for veering back into the other thing that's okay at 100 chris middleton might have been a value but he also is going to be a massive, massive, winding headache to get there, and I just wanted nothing to do with that, and I still don't. What I do want to deal with is the rise of Damian Lillard and Brooke Lopez still being this freaking awesome on a day-to-day basis. You guys know, I anytime Brooke Lopez has a big ball game, I have to talk about it because I, I'm reminded it's the it's the Breaking Bad meme, of Jesse Pinkman yelling, "How do they keep letting him do this?" How does he, he keep getting away with this? Yeah, that's how I feel about us having Brooke Lopez on our fantasy teams. How do they keep letting us do this? He's a fantasy juggernaut. 3.7 combined defensive stats. Huge. Good percentages, low turnovers, just enough threes, points, and rebounds so that he's not sinking you in any of those categories. I adore it. Meanwhile, Dame is up to number 17. We've talked at length over the last two or three weeks about how I felt like if you could get him for other guys ranked nearby, he was the one name in that group that was still ascending because the field goal percent was the big one you knew was going to work its way up the board. And frankly, it does kind of seem like field goal attempts maybe also slowly working their way up, although this one ended up in a blowout. He got all of his stuff in 13 attempts and eight free throws uh, because Giannis is a monster. Giannis still can't hit a free throw to save his damn life, but it sort of doesn't matter because he's been so damn good in everything else that uh, he is justifying his punt free throw early draft spot on 30 points, 11 rebounds, and 2.7 combined defensive stats and high volume 61% from the field. No one was touching Nikola Jokic in that category last year, but Giannis is ahead of him this time around. Weighted field goal percent impact? Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. It's GA. Game two had even fewer fantasy angles than game one. Grayson Allen had a big ball game. Uh, 21 points. He had four three-pointers. Had three defensive stats. He beat out Eric Gordon in the which Fringe streamer will have a decent ball game battle. In this one, but overall, I'm not particularly enamored with either of them. Grayson Allen technically right now is a 12-team startable guy. He's ranked 105 on the year in 9-cat after this big ball game, pushed him up from the 130s. But uh, it's not a sustainable number, especially once Bradley Beal is back around. He's shooting 90% at the free throw line and 48.5% from the field like, in terms of what he does for that team, he fits as a like a, a pretty good role player around their superstars, but he's also a career forty-four percent shooter from the field, career forty from three. He's at forty-eight and forty-seven in those respectively. He's a good foul shooter, so that might not come down. He's playing more minutes, so you can probably assume the rebounds and assists stay a little bit higher. But a lot of his stuff is coming back down, and when they do, then he becomes basically a schedule streamer, much like the way I feel about Eric Gordon, who historically does not have the world's greatest fantasy game, but he is inside the top 90 right now, largely because he's at about, what, seven, eight ball games where he's been the number two option. It was Kevin Durant against the Universe for like two and a half of the first six and a half weeks of this season. Booker's only played 12 games, KD's played 19, so basically in seven of those ballgames, Eric Gordon's been, he's been forced into, you gotta go be a high usage guy thing. He ain't taking 12 shots a game all season long, and when he stops, well, (whistles) so fine, if you want to try these guys now, I think it's your funeral. Also, Yusuf Nurkic, (laughs) terrible ballgame. This does tend to happen for him against Anthony Davis. The Lakers are a a dismal matchup for Nurk because they just pull him into every pick and roll and then blow right by him because LeBron is strong enough and still fast enough somehow to uh, just destroy Nurk. So just, uh, you know, hope that they don't have to play the Lakers that many more times for his fantasy value and everything will be fine. And then LeBron, I, I just, I honestly don't even understand how he's still able to do this stuff. He just jumped himself about four No, farther than that. He jumped himself up about eight rank slots with this game last night uh, from basically the very end of the 20s back up all the way to number 20, mostly because of the five steals. The other stuff are things we've seen him do. 31 points for LeBron, repeatable, not every night. And then the 25 shots. Basically, uh, this was the, like, go get it type of thing. Uh, This whole in-season tournament deal the Lakers are taking very seriously. And they had a crap ton of extra opportunities in this game. Lakers had nine turnovers. Suns had, I thought, twenty-two. Although I've uh, a couple been adjusted down, only twenty. Some of them were team turnovers, I guess. Those don't uh, show up in the in the box in a certain way. Uh, so the Lakers had all these extra opportunities, and nobody could really make a shot besides basically LeBron and sometimes Austin Reeves. This was, uh, I think it was, what was it, Justin Russo, I think, who covered the Clippers for a while. He might still cover the Clippers. He had a really uh, he had a really f- funny note on this game, and I'm trying to remember where it was if I could find it in, in the Twitter sphere. I can't find it right now. This is like the third time in 2,000 games that one team shot 49% and the other shot 37% and the 37% team won. There was a crazy call at the end of the ballgame. There were like three crazy calls at the end of the ballgame. Phoenix Suns fans are going to be livid because that weird timeout. Although the pool report, the officials were like, it was actually still pinned to Austin's leg when LeBron was calling for timeout. It didn't look that way to those of us that were watching live. As a Laker fan, you know, I'll take it. Uh, Although there was a play about 45 game seconds earlier where both LeBron and Anthony Davis got hacked on drives to the rim, and nothing happened there. So, like, if you go over the entire ball game, they probably even out. It's just that the last one we remember was maybe the most egregious. Either way, fun ball game. I didn't think the Lakers were going to win this one. They did. Defensively, they played really well. Uh, and if they make any shots, they're probably up by 15 for most of this one. Either way, core four. That's all you're going with on the Lakers side. D'Lo had a bad ball game. He wasn't shooting well. And if he's not shooting well, they're going to look in other directions because defensively they have better options. They just ran long in this game. Reeves took over at point. Reddish and Torian Prince stayed on there for their length, and so Delo just didn't get to play as much. He'll be fine, though. Um, and then guys like Reddish, Torian Prince, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, these are not guys that you need to actually keep on your team. They're For weeks like this one... If you have those guys, great. You can roll them through to Thursday because they have the better schedule, but otherwise, nope. Okay, we got a nice 11-game Wednesday coming up. We're going to break all of this down. I do want to take this very quick reminder in the middle of the show to uh, ask you guys to go find me on social media, at Dan Bespris, uh, and do come come hang out with us in Discord. There aren't as many of you watching live, and also I'm talking really fast, so it's possible that usually we're, we're deeper into a show by this point. Um, and maybe it's because I'm doing two shows back-to-back. Either way, um, thank you to everybody that continues to watch, but I I do ask you all to please—you don't need to pay for anything. This stuff is free, but please pay in a small amount of energy. So please go click a like button, click a subscribe button if you want to find something on Twitter and like that. That's all I ask of you. Just find one thing to either a a click. Give me one click out of your day— Uh, and then I'll feel satisfied. That's it. That's all I ask. Whatever it is, the like button might be closest for YouTubers, those that are listening in in traditional pod channels. It might be easier to just flip over to something I've got on social uh, or flip over to something and and click an invite into Discord. That's in the description. Whatever you do, just one like, one click. That's all I ask. Also, shout out once again to Manscaped and Manscaped.com for their continued support of our show and ExpressVPN, the coupon codes for those two places. Manscaped.com, the coupon code is ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping. ethos 20 20% off free shipping at Manscaped. And for ExpressVPN, it's actually a specialty URL. It's expressvpn.com hoopball. So go with the old name. That's how you get an extra three months free on the end of your one-year membership. All right. Big Wednesday. Not as big as Friday, but we're cooking. What do we got? What do we got here on this relatively large Wednesday? Sixers, uh, Kelly Oubre. That's good news. Likely to come back for this ballgame. I don't know how many minutes he's going to play, but we're going to want to track that and see how it impacts anybody else on the team. For the Wizards, it's the same thing as always. Basically, can they keep the ballgame close enough for all of the regulars to have value, or is it just going to be another blowout where Kyle Kuzma gets his 25 shots and then heads to the pine and everybody else plays 23 minutes? It's the Sixers, so unfortunately the latter is possible. Grizzlies, uh, we've seen JJJ start to ramp up a little bit. We'll see if that continues here. Is Sante Aldama a hold? He is for me for the moment. We'll see how it goes. Pistons, Boyan Bogdanovic on the ramp up. That's fun to watch. Killian Hayes has looked pretty good here the last two or three ball games, but is it a flash where he's sort of getting in there and his energy is high? Does it run out, or does he have staying power? And what will become of Azar Thompson? I you know I don't think he's going to be benched all season long. It feels kind of like they could see him running out of gas after this big adrenaline surge first month. And so now they're kind of hanging tough. Um Is he a buy low? Mm, I think we could probably let it go a little longer actually. You might even get him off the waiver wire if this keeps up. The magic I still think Goga Batadze is, like, right around the edge of the top 100, 110 as a fill-in. That doesn't make him all that fun. They'll need him, presumably, for this ballgame. They're playing a very large opponent in Cleveland, so maybe? And then we're keeping an eye on Cole Anthony as well. Cavs, nothing really. The Heat, so many streams, so many streams, so many streams. Kyle Lowry, go. Jaime Jaquez, probably go. Orlando Robinson, maybe Duncan Robinson, yeah. Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. Hopefully, they'll be back in the not too distant future. But until they are, we just got all these guys parachuting into fantasy value. Raptors, nothing. The Nets. I continue to wonder what does the Cam Thomas return do to everybody else. So far, the answer is not all that much, but it does feel like he's going to have to sort of siphon something away from Dinwiddie, Bridges, Johnson. You know, I, I, you know playing all these guys, that that's fine. I just, I want to know where they all end up. And sometimes that takes a few weeks, the great leveling. Sometimes we need a few weeks to assess, but we are assessing. The Hawks, nothing. Spurs, nothing. Wolves, mostly just whether or not Anthony Edwards is going to play. Uh, Hornets, yeah, it's... Mm. Do we think Gordon Hayward can get back inside the top 100? Honest to goodness, I don't know. I still think the answer's probably, but I admit that I may be too optimistic there. Which is funny because I was extraordinarily pessimistic on Hayward last year and you guys killed me for it, but I was right. And then this year I was like, well, I don't know. And then he was better, and so I was wrong. And now I'm on it, and now I feel like I might be wrong again. Like, maybe I was right last year all the way around, and I should have just been like, you know what? Gordon Hayward still sucks, and I shouldn't have gone back on it. But he was good to start this year. Miles Bridges came back. That seemed to hurt him. LaMelo went down. I don't know if that's going to help enough, but that's why we're watching. We'll keep an eye on Brandon Miller as well. He's been good enough to play lately. Um, Don't know how the rookie sine wave will go for him, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep watch on it. The Bulls. They've been playing better lately since, since Zach Levine was rested. You know, and that's the thing. Like, you can be a very, very, very good basketball player, and Zach Levine is all of those things. But if you have a small nagging injury, which I think is probably true. I think he probably does have a sore foot. If you have a sore foot and you don't really want to be there, that's the combination that ends up hurting the team. So now you get him out of the way, and you're just putting guys in that want to be there. And again, this isn't a knock on Levine. He knows he's on the block, and he's got some nagging injuries, and so it's like, well, what's the point? Like, why am I going to blow my foot out here if this team's going to unload me in a second anyway? I don't want to be in better shape for some new team. So they shut him down. I don't know if Alex Russo's playing or not. I'd love it if he is, because he's a guy that's always going to give full energy, but that damn toe and just generally his body can barely take it. But then you got guys like Kobe White, who's playing much, much better since Levine went down. I got into a Twitter argument with somebody uh, about this, who just could not could not hold the two separate thoughts. He was like, Dan, you're way late on Kobe White. He's been great for a month. Look at his rank over the last month. And I was like, okay, now we got to talk about what an average means again. And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't landing. And it got so frustrating for me and my kids were yelling at me that I lashed out and I do feel bad about that. But I want to talk about it on the pod right now because yes, Kobe White over the last month is ranked number 64. But over the past two weeks, he's number 25. So it's important to realize what he was doing before those two weeks. Basically, since the news broke that Zach Levine was on the trade block and he started getting rested first like every other game, and now every game. If you look at Kobe White's first, uh, well, let's see, two weeks would put us back into, like, mid-end of November. So basically, like, the first month of the year for Kobe. He was outside the top 180. So when you look at an average, yes, over the last month, he's in the 60s. He actually happened to have one, like, slightly better week in there. I think that was one where they rested Zach Levine for, like, two games out of the four. Either way, the aggregate of the first four and some odd weeks for Kobe White was not even close to nine-gat playable outside the top 180. And then over the last two weeks, basically since they've said Zach Levine is out, Kobe, you're in, go nuts, he's been great. So when someone's like Danny's been good for a month, that's not true. You have to understand how a player got to the point that they were. Yeah, over the last month, he's ranked number 64. But the two weeks before he was been top 25, he's top 25 the last two weeks. The two weeks before that, He was outside the top 140. So no, it's not about being too late on a guy. A look back is only as good as how you understand the individual chunks of it. There have been today's Wednesday, and the season started on a Tuesday. This is week seven. There have effectively been six full weeks of basketball in the season as of like two days ago. So we're a little over six weeks. If you looked at each individual week for Kobe White, the last two have been very good, and there was one previous week in the first four and change that was decent. Not great, but decent. The other three were awful. So please, I beg of you guys, understand how you're using the board before you come yelling at me about it. If you were sitting on Kobe White all year, more power to you. Because, yeah, it seemed like the Bulls were in a little bit of a tough spot. I personally did not have a roster spot to roster somebody who was performing at a top 200 clip with basically like an, we didn't know, indefinitely on how long the Bulls were going to try to see if this thing worked. Then when it was obvious they were terrible, then it became a much more prudent decision. Same story for Patrick Williams, we know he's on the stash board as well. Anyway, the list goes on and on. Io DeSumo would be there if they move guys like Caruso and Rosen. Anyway, let's get back to uh cracking these these nuts open. How did I how the hell did I get over to the, the Bulls? I feel like I, I feel like I skipped something. No, I didn't skip anything. Thunder, nothing really. Rockets uh are we seeing Jabari Smith Jr's rise or is this, you know, going to be the sort of up and down of a thing? Either way, he's been playing well lately, so that's nice. Uh, the Jazz, just repeating myself, I'm in an infinite loop here until Lowry Markinen comes back. Jordan Clarkson, by the way, also out for this ballgame, so you could probably stream Colin Sexton if you wanted some points on okay percentages. Keontae George, not efficient enough. Okay, I don't want to go... Do the whole thing, Mavericks. It sounds like Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr. are both back, so you can punt on whatever streamers you were thinking about there. Derek Lively is awesome, so roll there. Uh, nuggets. Jamal Murray's health status is kind of the only thing in question. Um, you know, Reggie Jackson has been good the last couple. The when he was in there a bunch, but basically, like when Murray missed a three weeks or whatever it was before. Uh. Reggie Jackson was not a nine-cat guy. But if you catch him on the right night, it could work. Head-to-head, he makes more sense, obviously. Clippers, nothing really right now. The Stars are actually playing pretty well at the moment, so there isn't any buy-low opportunity. Blazers. Anthony Simons may be back for this ball game, Maybe. Uh, Jeremy Grant is out with a concussion. DeAndre Ayton is out with some knee soreness, so this is going to be a real weird one for the Blazers. But we might get an interesting data point on... Uh, like, who fills in at big man spots. And then the Warriors. Sounds like they're getting CP3 and Andrew Wiggins back. We'll see if uh, Wiggins can kind of pick up where he left off. He was playing well. He actually did best ball game of the year before. Whacking his finger in a car door. For goodness sake, dude. And then what does this mean for Clay? He's been kind of coming on a little bit lately. Not great, but certainly better. And the Warriors, it's really a question of, like, how uh, can these old guys get it damn together? Get it together. All right. That's what's coming up. I think that's everybody on the board, right? Yeah. We'll shut that sucker down. Um, Let's do a few questions here because we're only a half an hour in. I'll do about 10 minutes of questions. Then I got to get back to my day. Um, If you have them, uh, let's see. What's the... Okay. Question at 1041. That's the last one I'm going to do. So if you didn't get your question in now, it's not getting answered today, but I'm going to try to get them all in up to that point. Here we go. Competitive 9-cat Roto League, how much fab to spend on Buddy Healed? Well, assuming you started with a 100, uh, I spent like 27 on him in a league, and I got him. But he's been good for like a week and a half since that happened, so you might need to go into the 30s to get it done. Uh, and you said it's competitive, so you might even need to go into the 40s. Mm-mm-mm. I know it's Tuesday recap and Wednesday look ahead, but could you potentially spend some time going over options for tomorrow's four gamers so your viewers can make sure to get the best options available? Yeah, it's not a terrible idea, actually. Um, So the problem is a lot of these guys are going to be rostered already because they were picked up for their games yesterday and the day before. Indy, the sort of fringy players that you'd want to roll with would be Obi Toppin and Aaron Neesmith. Milwaukee. Uh, campaign would be the very sort of basement level one, but Bobby Portis is probably your better option there. Pelicans, you know, they're they're pretty starter heavy right now, and Trey Murphy is is fairly, uh, almost universally rostered. Um, so there aren't many options, but Jose Alvarado and Dyson Daniels would be the ones you could maybe look at. Naji Marshall would be the fringy one, and for the Lakers, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince maybe Rui Hachimura is about as far as I would go, but I don't don't think I'm even going that far. Reddish and Prince are the ones you trust more, because at least they're generally starting, and I'm guessing they'll probably go big here against Zion and and Jonas Valanciunas, because I don't think they want LeBron dealing with Zion all game long, and they definitely don't want Anthony Davis dealing with Zion. Uh, So the Lakers are going to have some personnel decisions What does that mean we get off, like, you might get an Anthony Davis-Jackson Hayes front court for stretches. Christian Wood probably doesn't play because he's a little bit, he's not not quite strong enough defensively. Uh, You'll probably see them put, you know, Reddish on, like, McCollum, or Reddish might guard Ingram. Vanderbilt did a pretty good job on Brandon Ingram last year, so you might see a little more Vando. Um, Still, I think Prince and Reddish are probably the guys that you'd consider in kind of that. That deep stream mode. 10-team roto. Anthony Davis, Zach Collins, Clay Thompson, one side, Kyrie Gafford, Nick Claxton on the other. Who wins the trade? Uh... (laughs) Well, on one side, you're getting Anthony Davis and then two guys who haven't really been 10-team playable. And on the other side, you're at least getting all three guys that are 10-team playable. But AD is so far out in front of everybody else in overall rank. I think a little bit has to do with team needs. I know this particular person says they're punting points. Um, So, you know, clay Thompson becomes even less useful there, but also Kyrie Irving becomes less useful. I probably go with the Kyrie Gafford Claxton side because you're going to Kyrie, I think is going to end up in the mid teens. Um, AD is always an injury risk. So there's that hanging over you. Gafford has been a top 60 guy. Claxton could be a top 40 guy this year. I I think that's, Basically, you're getting a little bit more than enough for Anthony Davis alone. If this was like Kyrie and Gafford for Anthony Davis, I'd take the Davis side. But getting Claxton an early round big for kind of junk makes it swing back the other way. Predictions on where Shohei Otani lands. You know what? I'm having a lot of fun watching this crap. I've got this tinfoil—you guys know I'm a Dodger fan— I've got this tinfoil hat thing going on that Dave Roberts, I don't know if anybody watching this show pays attention to baseball, uh, but Dodgers manager Dave Roberts came out and confirmed they had a meeting with Otani, and apparently his camp doesn't want anybody to know who he's met with. My tinfoil hat says that Roberts doesn't want the Dodgers to sign Otani because he's going to cost $600 million, and I think he'd rather go get a couple of frontline starting pitchers because that's really what the team needed. They got blitzed in the playoffs because their starters went like four innings in four games. Gross, or whatever it was. Um, but maybe he just maybe he just slipped up. Either way, um, I have no idea. I don't have the first clue. I know the Blue Jays are going like full bore at him. Originally, I thought he might go Mariners, but they pulled themselves out of the running because the price tag was too high. But Mariners have such awesome uh, Japanese baseball heritage there with uh Ichiro um and so then the California made a lot of sense uh cuz he's already in SoCal and large Japanese populations and you know closest technically to home um I have this weird thing going on in my brain that he just goes back to the Angels because <laughs> I don't why why not um I still I still actually think it's the Dodgers but I I I really don't know I'm interested. It's cool, man. I'm I'm excited about it. Let's see here. Um, Roto strategy question. If I have 12 startable top 100 players, do I start all 12 or do I only start 10 and play the others if someone sits? I'm basically playing all 12, by the way, because I think at some point your guys are going to miss time, and at that point you're going to be glad that you're running kind of even with the game's cap or maybe just the tiniest bit in front of it. Uh as opposed to falling behind and then having to scramble to figure out who to start in that spot. So I'm actually okay. If you got, if they're all like legitimately good, if some of them are like dangling at the edge of the top 100, maybe you sit them in a game uh, where they're against a really good defense or something like that. But if you really have 12 guys that are like ranked 88th or better, you'd probably play them. And then when you have time, I know time is fleeting. I have almost none. Uh, Try to package some dudes. Not not your guys at the end of the bench. Package somebody that's like a top 40 with a top 80 and see if you can turn them into a top you know, 28 or something like that because you've got more guys than you need and you can try to wring some value out of one of them. Rank the following players. Keegan Murray, Chris Middleton, Trey Murphy. Uh, Keegan, Trey, Middleton. Because I just don't want to deal with Middleton this year. Best stream for today out of Denny Avdia, Andrew Wiggins, Orlando Robinson, or Stash Scoot Henderson. I'll go Avdia. Catching the show, drinking my morning coffee all the way from New Zealand. Dan, you are a legend. Thanks, man. That's very kind. You've helped me to multiple titles in both head-to-head and Roto. Also, fun to know. How does Jaw's return affect JJJ and Desmond Bain? It's going to take some stuff away from Bain. I actually think it makes Jaron Jackson better because Jaw gets him open, and JJJ is better when he doesn't have to focus so much on the offensive side. He can go back to just fly swatting everybody. Um, Bain will have to do a little bit less, so he'll probably take a small hit there. Trey Murphy or Buddy healed rest of season? Um, Give me Buddy. I'll just take the guy who's starting right now. Talking about breakouts, I wish Lively got 30 minutes per game, says Point Blank Mish. Yeah, you and me both, Buddy. But you know what? We don't have to worry about it because I think at some point this year he probably will start to get close to 30 minutes per game. Just inching up the board right now. Dan, great show. Thanks, man. Or a gal. Dina, you could be... Thanks, uh, human. I'm in a 12-team league. I had a rough start. Can I depend on Harden, Kawhi, and Westy to carry me? I also have Wembenyama and some decent bigs. Uh, Westbrook, probably no. Not in 9-cat. The others, sure. Reese says, I've been listening so long that yours and Bruce kids are literally growing up on the pod. It is crazy. I feel like I need to like have them run onto the show and just permanent marker the year on their head. So you guys can just do one photo of them every year as they blitz into the podcast from the side. Life since COVID, basically. I traded Williams for Collins and Smart. Honest to God, the only player on that list who I know is Marcus Smart. There are multiple Williams and multiple Collins. I'm sorry, man. I I, I don't know who you're talking about. I got to have first names on these. Just a couple more questions here. Remember, I said up to 1041 questions I was answering, and then we're done. How much longer should I hold Duncan Robinson and or Killian Hayes? Hold Duncan Robinson until Tyler Hero comes back. Hold Killian Hayes until we figure out what he is. Is Santi Aldama a must roster? No, but I am holding him for now. Who benefits in Chicago? Torrey Craig? Uh, Nah. Chicago, the beneficiaries of all this stuff, obviously Kobe White, and then Patrick Williams and Io DeSumo were the other guys we've seen kind of step up. Two more questions. This is a whole team. Thoughts on my team? Uh, this is a hard one. Darren Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Chad Holmgren, Bam, Suggs, D'Lo. It's a 10-teamer. Walker, Kessler, Jamal Murray, Keegan Murray, Brooke Lopez. Your team looks awesome, but it's also hard for me to visualize how 10-teamers work because everybody's team looks awesome in a 10. Um Your job, if you're in a 10-team league or fewer, is to take as many of your 50-range guys as possible and package them up and try to turn them into 25 or higher. It's easier said than done. I get it. But if you could take, like, mm, Jamal Murray and D'Angelo Russell and put them together and try to get, like, a top 30 guard, you do it. Or if you could take... You know, D'Lo and Jalen Suggs and turn him into a top 40 guard. You do it. Because depth is meaningless in a 10-teamer. Because everybody on the wire is good. Last question for the day. I just traded Lowry Markinon and Brooke Lopez for Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic. What do you think? Points league. Um, Pretty fair. Uh, You're selling a tiny bit low on Markinen because he's out right now. Um but getting something for brook is decent it's probably a little bit of an overpay uh but it's not it's not crazy if this was nine cat i would say it's a it's a big overpay um but points league's not that much cuz i'm i'm assuming dame is rocking pretty good uh one one request for you for all of you that are hanging out with us if you do a points league post please try to throw their average in parentheses for me cuz points leagues have a bunch of different ways of doing the settings ESPN. I know counts percentages a little bit more this year. CBS doesn't Fantrax has theirs. Yahoo has theirs. So it's hard for me to know exactly what these guys have done. Uh, I have the nine cat board in front of me. That one I can do on the fly, uh, but the other one's a little more complicated. Somebody said I missed his question, but I clicked on every one of them. So maybe it came up. Jordan says you missed my question. I I don't actually see it on the board here. If you posted it, Maybe it got lost in some sort of shuffle, um, but I, 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 I don't see it, so I apologize. Um, it didn't pop up in my stream yard. I don't know if there's been some sort of glitch, but I clicked on every single one that went through. I'm really sorry about that. Throw it to me uh, in the comments after the show. I'll make sure to get to those, and that goes for the rest of you as well. If you put a live question in that I didn't get to, pop it in the comments post-show, and I'll get to those at some point later on today or this evening Thanks again to Manscaped and ExpressVPN. I am Dan Vesperus at Dan Vesperus on Social. Again, I ask of you guys, not for your money, but for a few seconds of your time, to please click on something. Anything at all. Click on a thumbs up, click on a subscribe button, click on a like, a heart, a retweet on Twitter, whatever it is, one click. That's all I ask of you today, and we'll keep growing this thing together. Thank you to Sports Ethos as always, our benevolent overlords. We'll get back at you guys tomorrow. Uh I'm hoping we get to debut a new type of show tomorrow. Ooh, stay tuned on social. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, announce that one if it's happening. I think it's happening. If it's happening. Okay, goodbye.